Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening to you all. This is the Business Day Spotlight, your destination for African business made simple. My name is Mbliwa Kavaza, and for today, we do get into a uh, conversation that uh, a lot of businesses are likely having right now. Uh, we all know what's happening at a household level. If you have uh, constant power cuts, uh, the load shedding, um, as we call it in South Africa, you do have a lot of situations where either the electricity doesn't come back at the time that it's meant to come back because of the faults that uh, a lot of people are experiencing and then in certain cases we are having um, uh, unplanned escalations your electricity might go out and you might think that you are in stage four uh, but you know within the next hour you are now in stage six which means your two and a half hours is now having been extended to um, you know four and a half hours what does that mean for your systems that's why i said on a household level we know what the disaster that uh, has happened to a lot of people when it comes to power surges and the like a lot of TVs and other appliances have been destroyed in my own case a fridge has been destroyed and I've had to go out and uh, and fix it but on a business level um, not only do you have to think about some of those considerations you also have to think about um, the computer systems that are at the heart of a lot of uh, our business operations you know simply to say you know if uh, servers are fried um, or if uh, you know computers don't do what they're meant to do how do you recover your data there is that inherent risk that you might lose um, you know your data if you're a business large corporates tend to be you know really affected I'm really thinking about that small to mid cap type of market um, when it comes to this at our own offices when the electricity goes out um, those at desktops is always ah, a big frustration as uh, machines switch off and uh, inherently switch back on when generators kick back uh, but some of those things those that constant switching on and off is not great uh, for some of these systems so to help us to understand what all of this means and uh, I guess some of the ways that businesses can protect themselves uh, from uh, I think the, the the term that's used is disaster recovery point of view. Uh, we are joined by uh, Iron Trees uh, MD, that is Steve Porter. Um, he was with us a couple of uh, months ago together with Sandmark, but for today we just have um, him by himself just to have a chat around this issue of disaster recovery, what it means and some of the ways that businesses can protect themselves. Iron Tree um, is uh, a specialist um, when it comes to uh, data management services uh, such as uh, cloud backup disaster recovery and specialized uh, server hosting uh, when it comes to private clouds and it is a part of uh, JSC listed metro file ever since uh, December 2021. Steve, good morning to you today. How are you doing? Yeah, good morning. Crikey. With that introduction, uh, <laughs> money is, is, is different. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah no I, I think a lot of people have been going through uh, I think the young people would say uh, we're all going through the most I think that's what the young people would say and uh, load shedding is affecting uh, everything in the week that we're recording uh, we've actually had a lot of uh, profit warnings from the lack of uh, the likes of uh, telecom uh, I think in our sector the likes of uh, Vodacom have also said they've spent over 4 billion 
just trying to keep uh, the lights on with their networks. Um, Car track, uh, which is the vehicle recovery company, um, also gave us some insight, you know, just around uh, the havoc that is caused uh, by uh, load shedding. They rely a lot on cell phone reception. Um, you know, logistics are made harder. But today we are having that discussion around uh, what happens, you know, that potential of losing your data. These computers that are constantly being switched on and off when they shouldn't be switched um, on and off. So maybe Maybe um, that's where we can start. We've given a little bit of insight, but uh, maybe you could start us off uh, around Iron Tree itself uh, for the people that don't know Iron Tree, just to give us some insight into what it is that you guys do and then, you know, how you think it fits into uh, the current disaster that uh, South Africa finds itself in. I think it's a great place to start. Um, we've been in the business for about 15 years now. As you say, we were we've been brought into the Metropile stable as of December uh, two years ago. Our background, and we were born out of the backup space in in South Africa, um, which back in the day, if you remember, you, you probably uh, have slightly more grey hair than you. But back in the days of ADSL, <laughs> uh, that's where the business started, and I think it's it's migrated into what's matured into a. Broadly speaking, a business con- we, we we deal with business continuity. So, what does that really mean? Um, we don't do loans. We don't. It's nothing around the finances of a business, but it's around ensuring that the technology that a business requires to run can run and run when it needs to. And I think that is. I think we find ourselves in a fairly scary place right now in South Africa. I know personally, as I'm sure a lot, a lot of your listeners, you sort of you sort of wonder at which point the blows are going to stop coming because there are a lot of blows at the moment. Um, in the last two weeks alone, I, so I sort of feel we're now really at the beginnings of, of the perfect storm in South Africa. Specifically from uh, the, the private sector, the, the economy around the private sector is, it's, it's serious. We've got, I mean, almost the most, the, simple, the most logical one, the most simplest one is we know ESCOM. Everyone knows about ESCOM now. I mean, we're so over this. As you said, the euphemism is load shedding. I mean, what a wonderful word, load shedding. The scariest part there is, I think we're on our own, and we've been on our own for a very long time. And I think we're finally at the stage where, as as you know, as an SME or a, a mid-tier business or even enterprise, as you say, Vodacom, I mean, for an institution like that to have to declare that they're going to make significant losses based on keeping the lights on, what does that mean for like, the smaller business? What does it mean for the man in the street? So that's the one issue, right? So we got we know we've got power issues. And we'll talk about that around disaster recovery. Then you've got, coupled with that, the exchange rate has gone through the roof. And that has knock-on effects for being able to keep your lights on as well. And we'll talk more about that. And then in the last, there's been a significant change uh, in the South African landscape in the last, literally in the last two weeks. We've spoken about um, nefarious actors around uh, malware or phishing or I can tell you, I don't know what's happened in the last two weeks, but it's gone through the roof. So whether it's it's timed, whether it's orchestrated, whether it's, you know, maybe I'm definitely not a conspiracy theorist, but, but the timing seems interesting that all of a sudden everything comes at the same time. So this is, just let's unpack that slightly further. And I think let's talk about, to your point, let's talk about um, SMEs, mid-tier organizations and enterprise organizations. 
and I think how now that we realize we are on our own, and whether you're in Cape Town or Joburg, to your point earlier, you know, we were having a, a good chat before. Sure, we get two stages lower than than Joburg, but it's still the same effects. You're still going to put the same systems and 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 safety nets in place. There was a there was a very serious uh, and one of the examples I'd like to use, if you don't mind. There was a pretty serious breach uh, in the last week with, with a, a well-known connectivity provider in South Africa, international connectivity provider, where they were hit by um, well, right, they were they were breached basically. Data security issues. The most frightening part about that is it has exactly the same effect as ESCOM. So whether you're talking about um, an ESCOM-related disaster, whether you're talking about a KZN-style disaster, whether you're talking about a data security disaster, they all have the same effects. And what it basically boils down to is to, to your exact point with Vodacom, loss of earnings, more than likely loss of jobs. The There's two really simple stats here, which I find personally fairly frightening. Some of the people for that data breach have been down for about four days. So just imagine as a business, you cannot trade for four days. Your average loss is 25,000 rands per minute. You just rack that up over four days and you're talking about a serious sum of money. And then you extrapolate that further to uh, an enterprise organization. I don't know what those numbers must be like, but they must be utterly frightening. So if you couple the sort of just the average downtime, and the downtime is what we're going to be talking about a lot today. So what does it mean to be down? How can you remediate that? But there's a, there's another stat which I think is equally as frightening. And it, there's a sort of a multiplier effect here. 60% of businesses that have a data breach or a loss of data will be out of business within two years. It's a it's it's a it's a again a frightening stat. Your reputational risk, your you know you don't you it's just you do not want your you don't want to be in the news for that for that reason. And I suppose my heart goes out to the organisations that have been affected by this, both the the provider but also their customers. I don't want that to happen to anyone. And again, hopefully in, in our discussion today we can put in measures or at least help educate the private sector as the steps you can follow to reduce your risk of any of this happening. You know, with everything that you've just said, uh, Steve, you know, there's a lot to unpack there. The fact that we do find ourselves in this, I think some of the people in the investment community that we've been talking to, uh, they they appear to have coined the term uh, a perma-crisis, uh, that we seem to be in a uh, permanent state of crisis. Um, and I guess uh, that's the posture that a lot of businesses need to adopt uh, to say that it's... Uh, I guess the business as normal is that we are in a crisis that is the normal that we are in. Um, during the pandemic, we always spoke about what the new normal is going to be and look like. And I guess we've been answered now, you know, about uh, what that new normal actually means. Uh, but maybe we could just take time to really just unpack. I think 
it's quite clear for people, you know, just to understand um, how data can be lost during times of, uh, you know, load shedding and the like. Your computers are fried. You're a small business. You know, who knows? Maybe your your the the the, the machine that's doing all your you you run a kiosk or something, and you have one terminal. Um, uh, you know, that's sort of running everything. Stock. It's doing uh, stock. It's doing inventory. It's doing all your accounting. Um, you know, on that one machine, um, electricity has gone on and off one or two many times. And, you know, you get to a situation where you've got that one situation where, okay, cool. This time around, when you press that button, the machine is not doing uh, what it's meant to do. Like, how do you even help someone in such a situation? Because I think a lot of um, businesses, I'm just trying to keep it as, you know, low level, you know, because I'm sure we can we can stack up, you know, to some of the big examples, but uh, as low level as possible, just to say, how does someone like that even recover? Because there's transaction histories, there's trading histories, there's probably customer profiles and profiles with uh, information around um, suppliers and all that stuff that sits um, on these uh, on these computers and uh, often you know these are the types of businesses that don't necessarily have even a technician on hand to help them so how do you help um, you know someone like that I think at that sort of level and and with every type of organization we'll talk about today you've got to take a layered approach right you can't just have one solution and I think to your point exactly on this perma crisis which I to love the term uh, it does feel like that. You've, you've got to take multiple steps to ensure that your chances of being able to transact on that day are good. So for that level of organization, the first thing I'd say is you've got to have a UPS. So UPS, you know, if, for the readers, for everyone knows what UPS means nowadays, an uninterruptible power supply. What it does is just ensure that if there is a surge, it doesn't hit your electronics. So bottom line is electronics don't like power surges. Simple. And they don't like to be powered off uh, without being gently powered off. And they don't even like to be like, forced powered back on. And that's what causes our, you know, when your fridge blows, it's the either the compressor is blowing or the electronics is blowing. And more than likely, it's the electronics these days. And that's caused by a surge of power, um, unregulated surge, it fries the electronics. So first step I'd say is, you know, uh, I want to say our friends take a lot. So they sell beautiful mini UPSs for our for your Wi-Fi routers, for example. Same for your computers. Computers have a, a DC input, uh, uh, non-AC input. Again, use a, use a mini UPS. So your chances, you're just reducing the risk or the chance of your laptop or your computer being fried. Then the next level up, I'd say, is that's all well and good. But to your point, if you've got financial records on there or customer data or you know, let's assume you haven't fully moved to the cloud yet. You're not on some SaaS CRM system and or some SaaS accounting system. You still have your transactional data in your laptop. The next step I'd take is make sure the data is safe and secure, obviously, so that you are backing it up, that your data is safe from any chance of, especially if you've got customer and transaction data, from it being infected by malware and ransomware. And then the final step I'd take is Make sure it's not on your laptop. Put it on a server somewhere, which we, we obviously do, but from a hosting perspective, just get it off your laptop. Get it into a data center where, you again, your just your reduction of risk is, is reduced. 
you could still connect there by your laptop, but it's not on your laptop. And I think, you know, the number of times, how many, we all have these friends. They run their business off their laptop and they're like, uh, you know, Steve, Madiwe, can you help? Uh, my data's gone. You know, like, please tell me you did something. Come on, you, you've got to, you've got to back it up. I just, you know, I never thought it would happen to me. It happens all day. Step one, UPS. Step two, make sure it's backed up. Step three, get it into the cloud some way or another. Just get it remote. You're just reducing your risk three ways quickly. And I think each one of those is pretty cost effective in, in my personal opinion. I like the fact that you, you, you bring in the element of being cost effective because at that level of business, that, that's always uh, the, 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 the consideration um, that's there, you know, to say what are the costs involved because a lot of small business owners tend not to invest in these things because the perception is that uh, it's going to cost them an arm and a leg um, to back up their data and all of that stuff. But also at the same time, I, I guess just the education around even knowing that they need to back up their data is often not uh, not even there. So you have you know all of that that you have to fight against. But now that we've sort of unpacked um, a typical small business. And, you know, I tried to go as low as possible, someone who has a single computer that is literally doing everything. Um, maybe you could give us, uh, for me, what we're curious about is in your in your work, right, from a disaster recovery point of view, what's the typical profile, right, of customers that you guys are, are working with? And curious to also understand at what stage uh, these companies are engaging you guys. Are they engaging you guys proactively to say, hey, guys, uh, Steve and team, please come and help us uh, to just make sure that we're keeping our things safe? Or is it like your friend with the laptop who only comes and says, please help me um, when disaster actually strikes? That's it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think you hit the nail on the head. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like the classic insurance salesman where you know, you're warning everyone about what's coming and they only speak to you once the claim is in. I want to give you a, a good example of a client we recently took on board. It's a, it's a long negotiation, but it has proven to be perfectly of interest for this conversation. They were a household name. We would know them. It's a, um, we've all eaten in there. Great chain, phenomenal. And I think the most interesting part about the conversation is they're a mature organization. They've been around for a long time. And it, by by inference, or you, you'd infer that therefore their IT team is mature. And I'm definitely not saying they're not. But they have exactly the same problems as the one-man band. Identical. Everything's fried. They can't keep the generators up. Or they're all the IT team is actually doing to a point about the permacrisis is their normal state of play, their daily job is ensuring that there's enough power to run the business. Then on top of that, they've actually got to take care of the IT. Then on top of that, they've got their customers, their internal customers. You can't do that job, which is where we come in. And I think in discussions with, with this organization, their relief in dealing with us is that they can finally go back to just doing their day job. And the day of our day job really revolves around making sure the, the lights are on. We now take care of the IT needs. So, so let me just unpack that a bit, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. So... They were in a parlous plight. Um, 
around loss of data, um, aging hardware. And again, that, that's through no fault of their own. That's purely, that's purely a, a knock-on effect of exactly the same issue that the one-man band faces. There's only so many times you're going to dodge the bullet of something going wrong with powering, powering on and powering off all the, all, all the time. Every switch over with your generator, there's a chance of a failure. Every time ESCOM comes back on, there's a chance of a failure. And at some point, it's going to hit. When it does hit and you've got your IT, you know, in your actual, um, in your IT room in your organization, it's only a matter of time. So they were, I mean, they were, they were suffering. I mean, really suffering to run the business. So, you know, you talk about um, the one-man band thinking about, is it cost-effective to uh, implement the measures I spoke about? Well, it's 25K a minute, whether you're a small guy or a big guy. It doesn't really matter. It hurts. So these guys were suffering from an operational perspective. <clears throat> we then undertook an, an exercise, okay, so how can we help you? We're not, we're not in the UPS game. We're not in the generator game. We're not in the data center game. But we are in the disaster recovery game. So what we've done is migrated each one of the internal servers to our private uh, our cloud, which is the Metropolitan Private Cloud. And then we've also instituted disaster recovery for each one of those, those servers. So what does that actually, what does that really mean? So when I spoke earlier, I spoke about a sort of a layered approach. So what they've now taken is they've, re they've, they've reduced their risk at multiple levels. So they've moved all their servers outside their building, risk reduction number one. So basically what they've become uh, from a, an IT standpoint, is almost like a home. They will have wireless access points. They will have switches, which obviously uh, switch the data between the access points and, and network cables. That's your network. You might have a few printers, but all your critical equipment is now outside of the building. So there's a security element, there's a compliance element, there's a capex and opex element, but most importantly, your risk is reduced from an, an ESCOM element. In other words, now your now your servers are in a virtual space in the cloud, happily the Metro File Cloud. It's backed by you know whether it be Vodacom's uh, data uh, uh, generators or whichever service provider is your chances of going down or less. But then there's also additional layers that, that we add to ensure that those organizations never go through the same pain again. Backups are a given. You always want backups. It's just, it's, it's sort of 101 IT. You can't afford not to have backups. Um, there's a whole other uh, paradigm around that, and we, can, we should definitely talk about that, but just for today, backups are critical. Why? Just like our one-man band, if I go down tomorrow, I can go out, get a new laptop, and I can restore my data back to my laptop within 24 hours. And it's the same principle for the mid-tier guy. I can restore your data, probably be much more than 24 hours, obviously, because I don't have to find a laptop. I restore it to another virtual machine, um, and I'll put touch on that if you want. But basically, it's a virtual computer where I restore the data to. That's called an hour, two hours tops max. Machines back and running. That's step one. Step two is actually disaster recovery. So backup is, you know, you've left your laptop in your car. It got nicked. I restore my data in 24 hours. I can carry on transacting and, and running my business. But a business like we're talking about here can't wait two hours. It can't wait 24 hours. 
It needs to be transacting within minutes of a failure. And that's where disaster recovery really comes in. So it's the next level up on backups. It's a means of ensuring that any transactional system can be up and running within minutes. So, so let me just talk that through with you if you don't mind, and then we can unpack, uh, unpack further. So I don't know if you're a car guy. I'm not a car guy. If you saw my car, you'd know I'm definitely not a car guy. But <laughs> let's, let's, use, uh, let's use a car. What, what car do you drive? Uh, a Kia. Damn, okay, you're not a car guy either. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so let's use a Kia. Um, so you're driving down the road um, on, a, on a highway in Joburg. Everything's hunky-dory. The radio's playing. The sun's whistling through your uh, windscreen and the wind's in your... It's just a beautiful day. And for whatever reason, the car decides to stop. But now you're racing to get to the studio to do your next uh, interview, and you can't be late. Magically, right next to you appears exactly the same Kia empty, the same mileage, the same upholstery, the same color, the same number plate. But Dewey hops out of car number one, which is now broken, hops into car number two, just carries on driving. Now he's well on his way to his interview. And then just by pure like, well planning from a Dewey, because he had disaster recovery, his first car, two kilometers down the road, is waiting for him again. It's been fixed, it's repaired. He hops back into car number A, and carries on driving, and he gets to his interview on time. And in principle, that's what disaster recovery is. Your primary data is running on a server or multiple servers. Disaster recovery implies that you have a second copy running in parallel always, somewhere, generally not in the same location, that is ready to flick over to at a moment's notice. You hop from, say, system A to system B, you work on system B, the minute system A comes to the back of the line, you flip black with no loss of data and no downtime. And that, in principle, is what disaster recovery is about. It's about ensuring that specifically for your transactional systems that have to be up every second, your downtime is minimized to the absolute minimum. It's, it is an interesting one, and I like the analogy that you gave, uh, you know, off the car. Uh, I am a car guy, and, uh, you know, hopefully... <laughs> <laughs> sorry, man, sorry. <laughs> hopefully, the next time we have this conversation, I'll be able to, to I'll be able to give you a different, uh, what you call this, a different brand of vehicle. Uh, but good, uh, good. I do like the, I do like the analogy, because I think it helps to picture in one's mind what we actually mean um, by uh, disaster recovery and the type of systems that need to be in place um, where you can sort of have a seamless, uh, what you call this, a seamless switch over and just continue, uh, what you call this, and just continue to operate and uh, be able to do business even if, um, you know, there is literally a fire or a crisis in one part of the business for the customer or whoever your user is, they don't see or hear any of that. And I think uh, we often say that the best technology is a technology that are, that you don't even realize is uh, is at work. So I, I think that is a, is a great way of thinking about it. And for me, I think maybe where we could uh, possibly end off today's discussion is getting into some detail. We've spoken quite a bit today about uh, customer profiles. 
right? We've spoken about the small one-man band, which tends to be a large number of businesses across the country, the small person. Um, we've spoken about... Um, an established business, the client that uh, you guys recently signed on, you know, to say that these are people that um, you'd think you yeah, have a whole IT department that would have thought of and implemented some of these systems, but they're facing the same issues that the one-man band um, is facing. So the, the question then becomes from where you guys sit Right. Um, because at the moment, we've spoken quite a bit about the small guy. We've spoken about the mid person. And we've also spoken about the enterprises. Who's at most risk? Right. Can an enterprise, especially in the current environment where it seems all enterprises just have, you know, systems upon systems upon systems uh, to back up their data, they seem to be fine. I'm on, I'm speaking, I guess, as a, as, as a, to your earlier example, I'm speaking as someone who's walking on the side of the road and, you know, watching the action on the road. And it would seem to me that the enterprises would have these things together, uh, at least from the outside. You know, is that the right perception, um, you know, to say that uh, enterprises are likely protected and that it's more your smaller guys that are likely going to be at uh, what you call this at fault when it comes to um, something like this, because I guess the conversation that can even extend to say, because we're talking about small, mid and large, where does government fall on this, uh, you know, on this spectrum as well? You don't actually want to talk about government. <laughs> I, all I can say is that the meetings I've been involved with in public sector organizations, um, yeah, I don't think they're thinking about these things. That's all I can say. And I don't want to say anything further. Um, you get me down that track, I'm probably never going to stop. But I think they're all at risk in different ways. The enterprise, absolutely to your point, will have put in measures. But again, let's look at all the pressures they're facing. Okay, you've got an exchange rate change. There's definitely something happening on the cybersecurity front. So for me, that screams they're going to be cost pressures to your point with Vodacom and um, or Pick and Pay have also said, Checkers have said, they've all said there's a reduction in earnings based on having to keep the lights on. So in my mind, their pressure will be from a financial perspective. How can we reduce the costs of DR or whatever it may be to ensuring keep the lights on so we can slim down our losses? That's that we might take for the, for the enterprise or, or, or the large player space. The SME guys, I think you're absolutely 100%. And that is the greatest risk of, almost, let's just call it liquidation, of going out of business. You make a few small mistakes, then they're catastrophic. Your business is more than likely over. There's just no buffer, which is what an enterprise has, right? It has cash reserves, more than likely. It has uh, longstanding relationships. And your chances of going out of business are is, is reduced. For the SMEs and the small players, I think you have to do, like we discussed, those three basic things just to make sure you're as safe as you can be. But I think they're at the highest risk. And then your mid-tier guys, I mean, if we break down the economy, what is it we need to grow as, as, as South Africa? It's our SMEs and our mid-tiers. The enterprises have been around for donkeys long before you and I were born. I think the mid-tiers is probably where the greatest value lies for all of us. And unfortunately, they would be faced by both pressures. They, they'd be facing the enterprise pressure of 
things are expensive to run, how do I reduce costs? But also they might not be big enough to be out of that SME space whereby they are at risk of one or two, things, two, two, one or two catastrophic things do go wrong. So I think they probably had the worst of it. I think as in summary for, for the across that um, landscape, I think it's our responsibility to do everything in our power as as a, as, as the private sector to ensure that each one of the three three sectors or, or segments of the market stay in business. And there are absolutely steps we can take to mitigate the risks. You asked earlier, you said something about the, the perma crisis. My, my sense around, and almost the beauty about this conversation, is every organization in my mind should have these plans, but we don't. You know, we always hear that South Africa is a few years behind Europe or the States or whatever it is. And I think in this case specifically, we sometimes we're just, we're just immature from an IT perspective. But I think one thing is patently clear. We are on our own. And in many ways, that's a good thing. Knowing that puts the power in our hands to put the right steps in place to make sure that you and I can put food on the table for our, our kids and our families and keep this economy going. And I think that's why we're here. No, most certainly. And uh, I think that's a good place for us uh, to end off. Uh, you know, very fascinating discussion around the issue of uh, disaster recovery, uh, painting the picture of what does it mean uh, to actually uh, back up one's data? What does it, why is this uh, issue important? Uh, just talking about the fact that uh, in a lot of instances, uh, this constant switching on and off um, of uh, devices, particularly computers and servers, um, hasn't served um, a lot of companies very well it's a realistic thing we are all experiencing it on a daily basis as i said um, on a household level you can think about you know the appliances um, that are being lost out there fridges microwaves um, televisions and the like and the cost that a lot of people um, uh, have been going to to replace those things and i guess the the parallel that we can draw in today's discussion is um, i like the fact that steve's spoke about how he feels like uh, the service that they offer is like insurance in some way, a grudge purchase. Um, they, 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 they shout about uh, what, they, what they offer from the top of the mountain, but most of the time uh, the approach only happens once the disaster has happened. So I think a good parallel to come to is to say that a lot more people are now, um, and this is a conversation that we've had on this platform, a lot more people are now having uh, conversations around um, having household insurance, you know, for your own um, goods around the house. Because back in the day, that risk wasn't at the level that it's at now. And in the same way as businesses, the, the risk around just simply losing your data uh, because your machines are failing after power surges is one of those things that uh, we have to confront as being a byproduct um, of uh, the disaster that uh, a lot of people uh, find ourselves in. In economics, we talk about the unintended consequences of certain actions and conditions, and this is is certainly an unintended consequence of what happens when you don't have um, certainty around power delivery in the, the country. So that's been it. Hopefully this uh, inspires you know more people to actually have those conversations and to put in those systems. I think I remember I think I'm, I'm, I'm remembering that the example that was given earlier on is to 
at least have three different layers. Um, I think Steve uh, spoke about uh, if you can just have a UPS of some sort, uh, that's an uninterruptible power supply, just so that if there is a power surge or power outage, you can keep um, your machine on and at least it allows it uh, allows you to be able to gently put it to sleep or you know to to switch off and then also at the same time just making sure uh, that you at least have backups of your data of some sort and then uh, lastly making sure that you move your data out of whatever system that you have if uh, in the event that uh, a machine is fried who knows unscrewing uh, what you call this unscrewing uh, computers taking out hard drives taking it to an expert and hopefully um you know restoring things from that there steve always great to talk to you hopefully uh we can have uh, another conversation because i'm I, I know there's another piece of this conversation we haven't really been able to attack right now we're dealing with the current crisis which is load shedding but um but i know there's also a, a conversation to have around uh recovering data when it comes to cyber security when uh, you've been literally attacked so we're definitely going to find you uh for that conversation so thank you so much for being with us today Steve. Thanks for having us. It was awesome, as always. And that's been it for this edition of the Business Day Spotlight. Remember that you can find our latest podcast on Business Live. That's under the podcast Business Day Spotlight tab on Twitter. We're hashtag BD Spotlight. And remember that you can review and subscribe for free on iono.fm, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, or wherever you choose to get your pods casted. I've been Mudio Gavaza of the Business Day and Financial Mail. And this has been another edition of the Business Day Spotlight, which is a multimedia live production. So from us, and the rest of the team. It is a good evening, good afternoon, and good morning.